0: To my fellow Hall of Famers, I am so honored to wear this gold jacket. I wear it with pride, and I promise to respect all it represents. As long as I live.
1: It's time to talk to Seahawk great and NFL Hall of Famer Walter Jones. Brought to you by the Dead Left Shrimp Foundation. Committed to supporting organizations that provide hope, care, and assistance to children and families of the Northwest. And Michael's Toyota of Bellevue, where the service department is open seven days a week. Michael's Toyota, where it's all about you. Now with Walter Jones, here's Dave softy Muller. You know, if you would have told me, I don't know, ten years ago, when this guy was playing, that we'd be doing a weekly segment together every week on the radio show talking football. I'm not sure if I would have bought it, to be honest with you. I kind of thought of Walter Jones when he played as a guy that would just play football, retire, make the NFL, and then just go, I don't know, maybe back to Alabama and just live out the rest of his life on a porch watching the sunset, enjoying himself, getting away from society. But here he is, our friend Walter Jones, joining us on the radio show. He'll be with us every week at this time throughout the NFL football season. Cannot be more jacked up to have you all on the program. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing good, man. How are you
1: doing? Uh, I'm doing well. So, watching that game on Sunday, uh, was there a part of you that thought about, you know what, maybe I can give it one more try and suit up for one more Sunday and help these guys out? I thought about it for probably uh,
0: one second. You know, <laughs> I, I've, I've gave everything I could to the game, man, and I'm I'm, I'm grateful to be able to to sit back and, and enjoy these games and watch them as a fan.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And you're not nearly as sore, I assume, right on Monday exactly. morning when you wake up. Well, let me ask you this, man. Uh, I I was fairly critical of the offensive line of the game on Sunday. I, I get that Miami has Indomican and Sue. They've got Branch. They've got Mario. They got Cameron Wake and they're gonna face another great defensive line on Sunday and then in three weeks from now, by the way, they go to the Jets, where the Jets had seven sacks on Andy Dalton yesterday or Sunday, by the way, in their opener against the Bengals. So, uh, they're gonna get trial by fire in the first month of the year. But what was what was your overall take on what you saw from the offensive line on, on Sunday?
0: Uh, you know what I'm saying? I think it's it's, it's gonna be a lot of gonna be on pass protection, I you know. Just making sure that, that 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 they protect Russell, you know what I'm saying, and and make sure he don't take a lot of hits. You know, for me watching the game, I thought he took a lot of unnecessary hits, you know, trying to avoid, you know, getting running out of bounds. I think he should try to find ways to keep avoiding the getting those hits, those little – I call them little bumps and bruises where the guy's he's getting rid of the ball and the guy's pushing him or something like that. that those are going to wear him out going into the season if he's constantly running around. So I think those guys got to take more pride into just mm. making sure that Russell can stand back there in the pocket – and, and throw the ball. But from a standpoint of what they were trying to do at the beginning of the game was, you know, they was getting the ball out quick. I thought that was great because you, you know that the, the offensive line is learning as they go. So what you want to do is not to have those guys trying to maintain blocks long enough so that they can get off and, and tee off on Russell. So I think that game plan was pretty – yeah. Pretty good for for the Seahawks to to try to do that at the beginning of the game.
1: Yeah, everything was lateral, uh, as you said, to the sideline. And if it was going downfield, it wasn't going downfield very far. You think they're a better run blocking unit right now than a pass blocking unit? Is that fair?
0: I would say so. I think they have they open some holes up for their running backs. I think it's I think they're just getting a feel for the running backs. You know, you are putting two type two ty- two types of running backs in the backfield, and you're trying to get Rawls' his fields and and get them feel for the offensive line. So I think it's going to be. Just those – getting better each week, and they're trying to find the plays that works and, and the plays that they can they can do well. And you're not going to find that out for another two or three weeks on, on mm. plays that they like to run and like that can get the yards that they need to get. So they just have to continue to stay together and, and keep on working.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Walter Jones is with us. And I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by what you just said there. When the uh, offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel and Pete Carroll, you're saying they will get together – and they will figure out plays that don't just work for Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, but plays that also work for the offensive line and plays that they're comfortable with.
0: Oh yes, definitely they they they're gonna to have to have plays that's gonna be able to to get them the three or four yards that they need. And I think you know they have some plays there that, that open up and, and if the, if the offensive line like those play, and the coaches make the final decision, you know, those guys break the film down and they see plays that are positive plays and, yeah. and you constantly see those plays being positive. So you saying, okay, we can call this play and this play will get us some positive yards. So. Those guys, is you know, they get they get there and film and watch the the, the, the game, and they'll see that those plays are huh. positive, and and those guys can can can, can open those holes up and, and open the, the game up, and then now you come back, you know, mid season, now you're running those plays at 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 a one hundred percent that you know that I can call this play, and I can get six or seven yards,
1: right? Walter Jones, with us, can you can you give us an example of that? I don't know if you remember back when you started off, uh, you know, playing when you were drafted early uh, in your career about maybe plays that you just felt more comfortable with? Uh, is there an example or two of maybe a play that you remember that you guys really felt good running?
0: Oh, man, a play we felt comfortable with. I think everybody in the in the league, I think everybody uh, in the stands knew the play. I think it was uh, 93 Blacks. I think it was a play that, you know, we had the tight end to the right, and you knew they was going left, and we ran that play. That was all bread and butter. And, and we had a goal line uh, G League where – I blocked down, and Steve Hutchinson blocked out, and Sean just runs in the end zone. Those are plays that you can call at any time of the game, and you know that that play is going to get some success. So yep. you just feel comfortable with those plays, and, and, and with that 93 blast, you had so many great guys coming at that defense. You had two great offensive linemen, well, three great offensive linemen with the center coming to him. you got a fullback. That's a that's a, that's a a ring of honor. Then you got Sean. So you, you make the game – very easy for the running back. So mm. that's one play that I can definitely think of that was one play that the coach would call and you knew that you could get positive yards and could take it to the house.
1: No, I love it. See, I thought for sure you'd said that you'd mention when I asked you for a play. I thought for sure you'd mention the 3rd and 25 draw to Max Strong. Okay. <laughs> that Mike Holmgren used to love to run, fooling nobody by the way on uh, on 3rd and long, but Walter Jones is with us and I'm wondering Walter for that offensive line because they it, it seemed to me, and maybe it was just Russell doing Russell things on the last drive of the game and even the last drive of the, sec- of, of the first half, that they really stepped it up from an offensive line perspective when they were kind of running that hurry up type of two minute offense. Did you notice that? I
0: think so. I think he likes
1: that part of the game. I think with with any quarterbacks, you
0: see, if they they got a grip of the offense and they got a grip of what their guys can do, and they're in that moment, you know, once you figure out the game, you know, now you can call plays that you like. So now he's in a position where he's not listening to the coach on the sideline. He's calling his own plays, and now you can see that this guy can take control of the offense and, and, and take the ball downfield. And I think that once he got hurt and he was tweaked, I think everybody in the stands was watching him throughout the game. And I think, you know, you, you can you can relay it to any player or watch any player that get hurt or they're sick. You know, sometimes I think the game slows down now because now you got to concentrate on, okay, am I really hurt? But still i got to play the game of football. So I think right. everything kind of slowed down for Russell and he started still – he started making plays, and, you know, they knew that they were going to game where they had to take that drive down and, and, and score, and he did everything right and, and got them in the end zone.
1: Well, you know, look, uh, Bradley Saul had a couple of holding penalties in that game. Uh, he's, he's playing your old spot at left tackle. You know, I just kind of feel like that's your spot, and everybody <laughs> else is just renting space, by the way, at left tackle. <laughs> But you were a master, not that you needed to do this, but you know as well as I, when you spend a decade plus in the NFL, you got to be able to learn some tricks of the trade. Uh, What does Bradley Sal have to do to avoid those holding penalties, if not maybe be able to just kind of hide them and get away with them?
0: I think it's just you learning the game as you play. I think uh, on that that one holding call, I think that that was the smart thing to do because I think if the guy would have got off on, a good, I think the guy was giving him a rip and was coming off. I, I, I'm thinking if he would have got off, he probably would have got a pretty good hit right. on the quarterback. So mm-hmm. I think at that point, you know, you're you, you have to do whatever you got to do to protect your quarterback. You know, you take them penalties, but. For for a lineman, you learn you, you just try to keep your hands inside. You know, you try to keep your hand inside. You try to get the guy to fall on top of you or or whatever, and, and pull him with you, and not you know, because at that once he get past you at that point, and you pull, the referee is gonna see it. So, for me personally, I would try to to try to find ways that you know that this guy's going to rip tech you and. And, and get past you. You got to find ways to to put your hands on his hip or something to to keep him yeah. uh, running past the quarterback. So you just have to. In the end, he he did what he had to do to protect his quarterback. You know, you don't want the flag, but mm. you don't want your quarterback getting hit either. So. As a young player, I think that's what you have to do to, to protect your quarterback.
1: How many times, honestly, did that happen to you in your career? Where you felt like, "All right, I'm beat. I don't want Matt to get blown up. I'm going to grab this guy." How often did that happen? Oh
0: man, I don't know. Uh,
1: uh, you know, Matt was pretty good at. Uh, he said he could feel the crowd.
0: Like if I got, you know, if, if a guy got a, you know, you, you, it happens in a game. You get beat. A guy give you a move, and he's. He's at full tilt at your quarterback, and you thinking to yourself, "Oh man, he do." The quarterback don't see that, and for Matt Hasselbeck, you know, after the sack would happen, you know, Matt sometimes would say that um, I could I can hear the crowd. The crowd would, you know, you can hear the the crowd getting anticipation for the sack. So right. he said he could. He so he said he could feel that, you know, and after, you know as a quarterback you learn that. I think. With Russell, you can see a lot of times he can feel that anticipation and he can feel the crowd. I don't know if he heals a crowd, but you know, he makes that, I, I don't know if he got it from Matt Hasselback, you know, that little, that, that double spin he does, that, the reverse spin, you know, that stuff, those, that stuff that quarterbacks train themselves to do and, and learn how to do, you know, that Hasselback was the first person I saw do a, uh, opposite spin, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think that confuses defense alignments when they see a quarterback. You expect them to do a front spin. Now you do an opposite spin around. Mm. So now the, the guys don't know what to do. So, you know, I think it's one of those situations where you just have to, you know, just, you know, you call out Matt. I have called out Matt name. You know, hey, I got beat and I'm calling his name. Matt, Matt, Matt. Or, you know, you call them out and you let them know, hey, Somebody is coming, so I think quarterbacks hear that. If I'm calling your name, that means something has have went bad. So, huh. you know, in the, in the heat of the game, you do whatever you got to do to alert him that hey, that's a free guy coming that <laughs> wow. you don't see. So, you,
1: so you're telling me that on the on the few times, right, the 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 random like once every five year time that, <laughs> that you got beaten by somebody, you would literally turn to Matt and go, "Hey, Matt, get out of the way."
0: Yes, I have. I believe every old lineman probably have done that. And I think it's it's it's, wow. it's part of the rules, man. Uh Are 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 you are you saying a bad word? You know, you're 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 swearing too. That's I, I think that's a good sign that he knows that something has went bad too. If if you give him a, a swear, he knows something has went bad. So now he's thinking wow. about. And, and and for linemen, you don't want that guy to be thinking about what's going on in front of him. He he he. he, he he believes in you and wants you to go out there and block. So anytime – he understands the game of football. They know that stuff happened, but you try your best to not let it happen. But yep. when it comes down to that, you have to do whatever you got to do to protect your quarterback. So I have called his name out to let him know, hey, he's coming. So,
1: mm, I love it. That's great stuff, man. Walter Jones <laughs> is with us on the radio show. Hey, before you go, uh, give me a take on – did you watch the Ram-Niner game last night, by the way? Yes,
0: I did. I got a chance
1: to watch some of it. Yes, okay. I did. Well, uh, your your eyeballs were probably bleeding from from watching that disaster <laughs> of a football game. But the Rams' defensive line is no joke, and the Niners handled them. I thought okay. I mean, Carlos Hyde had a big game, and I don't think the Rams got a sack on Gabbert the entire night. But William Hayes, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Robert Quinn. Uh, tell me about the matchup with the Seahawks offensive line and the Ram defensive line, and what your advice would be to those cats before they take on this pretty stout group uh, from the Rams on Sunday?
0: I would say study, 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 man. I think those guys, uh, you know, those guys get up for Seattle for some reason. You know, they can, they can lose every game that they play, but they get up and I get it as a, it's a conference game, but those guys get up to play us and they feel, I think they feel like that they can overpower our offensive line. So I think, from a standpoint of that, I think it's all mental. I think, you know, we got a whole new set of offensive line guys. So those guys just have to study and be prepared and, and, and take, you know, notes from Justin, cause Justin's been in that fire and know that those guys going to come out and they're going to play their best game next week to, to, to try to do whatever they can to beat the Seahawks. So it should be a, you know, it always been a tough game. So. Yeah. And and, and and going back, you know, with Coach Carroll going back home, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So those guys just got to study and, and be prepared for anything that can happen during that game, and those guys are going to be ready. Compared to what they put on film this week, it's going to be surefire that they're going to go out and, and definitely get up for the Seattle Seahawks coming to town.
1: No doubt. They always do, man. All right, listen, dude, great stuff, man. Great debut. Love it. Uh, great analysis. Awesome stuff. And uh, we'll talk next week, buddy. Appreciate this, pal.
0: Hey, right, thanks a
1: lot, Salty. You got it, man. Walter Jones, 71, with some great insight on the Seahawk offensive line.